So obviously really excited. I took us what four times. Yeah. To yeah get, I think it was four times Yeah, yeah to get yeah. this here, but I am so excited to yeah. be sitting here with you and talking Absolutely. to you about this. I mean, ever since we had that first conversation about it, uh, like in person, I've, I've just been thinking about it quite a bit and yeah, I'm, I'm not only the conversation that we had, but things that I've had conversations with other people after that, <laughs> it just like kind of opened up my brain about this and it makes sense why people do these things and why it's becoming more popular. Yeah. You know, I started conversations to create a podcast to build on relationships, both for myself, but for other people. And, you know, short story, and, you know, you haven't heard any of these things really ever, but, you know, you were a huge inspiration to Chelsea and I when it came to real estate, getting into that. Uh, We probably should have bought a fourplex on the first one, but we only got a triplex, even though we wanted a duplex. And a lot of people that I talked to, both in the podcast and outside of the podcast, I mean, I was trying to do the math before we met down. I think I like physically know that I've actually gotten 12 people that I closely know to buy multifamily real estate, right? That's fantastic. And so I needed to get you on here both because I admire you as a human and what you're doing for business. But also, too, like, I just enjoy our relationship, right? And I think that that last conversation when we teed this up, it was just like, oh, my gosh, we need to be engaging more. And so hence why I need to get you on here, because in that hour conversation of us talking up to this point, you just had so many amazing nuggets into that exact point of what you said. I was talking to other people from the conversation. And so our collaboration is now applying and multiplying amongst people in the market, right? And that is just amazing. And so how to get you on here how to talk about your successes and really just see where that goes through conversations. Fantastic. I'm excited about this and and what it's going to bring for both of us and everyone that's listening. Yeah. So let's, I mean, for the full kind of context, you know, you're a realtor, real estate, you own a real estate team. You've done some big things in this space. Kind of just give like the backstory of like you getting into real estate, what, you know, drove you into real estate and, you know, where, you know, that, you know, 30 second elevator pitch of where you are now in real estate. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, my philosophy, my business philosophy, and it's something that I've kept ever since I got into this business is I don't want to be a real estate agent. (laughs) I don't want to be a salesperson. That's not inherently who I am as a person. And and I believe that people that are salesy and, you know, are there to pitch things are not sincere. And Mm -hmm. that's the absolute opposite of who I try to be and who I think I am. And so I got into this business with the intent of I'm here to help serve others in an area that I think is needed because we have we're, we're in an industry where you have uh, a low barrier of entry for people to get into. And most people find their real estate agent through word of mouth or through their friends mm-hmm. and family, which I think is fantastic. You want to work with people that you know and trust. Um, but my area of business is multifamily and investing in real estate. And my agent, when I bought my first investment property, didn't know anything about real estate investing Mm -hmm. and what it takes to be a landlord, what it takes to own or manage or run an investment property. And so after buying my second one through him, I decided, you know, I want to get into this business so that I can help others do what I'm trying to do. Because honestly, it's a lot easier than what other people what people think, and most right. people don't understand how simple real estate investing is, or how easy it can be to get into it. A lot of people think it's a very very difficult thing that only people with money can do, or at least a lot of money. Yeah, you know? 
I would love, I mean, I hate to jump in, but we got to unpack that because that's like initially, like when I say those 12 people, it's like overcoming the barrier that real estate is not a challenging thing to break into, but the mindset is so reverse of that. What do you, why do you think that is? I think it's because the people that are the loudest are the ones with the negative experiences. Mm, That's good. People that are successful generally don't talk about their successes unless they're trying to sell you something. Sure. If you you look at, uh, you know, on Instagram or whatever, and you see all these people that are like, that are selling you, uh, or that are, that are, that are touting their wealth and their success, it's because they want to sell you something. Right. The ones that are really successful aren't talking about it, uh, except to people that they're around, the people that they're surrounding themselves by. Yeah. I mean, I would be willing to bet that some, there's some ridiculously successful people doing something in the world of business. And they don't even talk about real estate, but they have a real estate portfolio that's gigantic. They probably have hundreds of doors. Absolutely. And they don't even talk about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's an interesting perspective, right? I think it's a, I think it's a psychological uh, mindset of, I mean, because uh, uh, with people that are, that are uh, afraid of talking about it because they don't want to come across, they don't want to come across like braggy or mm-hmm. they don't want to make people seem like they're trying to sell something because everybody that does this, that does talk about it are generally trying to sell you something. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people hear these nightmare stories from people that have either not done it or they did it poorly and they had some failure and now they're shouting to the rooftops telling people not to do it. Yeah. And those are the stories that people hear the most. Right. And so uh, a lot of, a lot of the stories that are, that are told out there are, are not ones of success. Yeah. If someone wanted to get into real estate and obviously, you know, the timing is really important, right? But what are some of the things that you feel like are minimum barriers of entry to get into real estate for someone? Like if someone wanted to, they're listening right now and they do want to get multifamilies coming from a person that I know that you sold probably not hundreds, thousands of multifamilies to people. What are some of the barriers of entry or the, the things that people should be looking at prepping themselves for to be able to actually take that next step? Because I know it's not a huge list. No, uh, it honestly isn't. But before we get there, you said something that I think is important to address is you said timing is important. To a degree, I agree with you. Sure. Absolutely. If you bought a property in 2007, you were having a hard time with that property. Right. Uh, simply because of the, the, uh, especially if you got like an arm loan, um, and the market, you know, uh, everybody knows that the market tanked after 2007 for many years, but every single investment property, almost every single real estate property out there is probably worth double, if not more than what it was in 2007. Totally. So if you hold on to the proper, the asset long enough and can, then you're not going to lose. So ultimately timing can be important, but I think the, the better thing to say is, the timing is important by starting now. The best time to invest is yesterday. Sure. The I second best time to invest is today. Yep. And so I, I think timing can be important, but the, the most important part about timing is starting now. I love that. Yeah, yeah no, totally. So to address your question about barrier to entry, um, for most people, they they believe that it takes 20 to 25% down to buy an investment property. And for the most part, that's true. If you're buying it as an investor, and you're not going to occupy the property, yep. then yes, you have to put 20 to 25% down on the property. If it's a $400,000 property, it's $100,000 down. Not everybody I know and not everybody you know has $100,000 to put down on a property. Mm-hmm. So yes, the barrier to entry seemed really high, especially for the amount of money that you have to put into it. But there's some fantastic products out there that can get you started in an investment property 
at a much lower cost of entry. Mm-hmm. And that's owner-occupied products. If you can buy a home, you could buy a fourplex. Right. And if you're a young person, um, I mean, I, I recommend this to anybody, even people that are married with, with children or whatever walks of life that you're in, if you can if you can own and manage an investment property, and honestly, you, most people don't understand what it takes to get there. And all it, all it takes is education and having the right resources, tools, and network to be successful in that. And there's not, and it's not as hard as most people think. Right. Resource, network, education. Yeah. What are resources that people need to be, you know, using? So, um, one one th- really quick thing that I just want to jump back really quick before Do, we yeah move go on wherever to this you need thing is um, uh, as far as the the owner occupied loans the loan those loans are zero to five percent down right it's ridiculous yeah, so, so now it, that same four hundred thousand dollar loan becomes what twelve thousand yeah twelve yeah so 15, on a three and a half percent FHA loan on a four hundred thousand dollar property you're looking at you know fourteen thousand dollars right so right. a lot lower entry point to get into that property. Right. And then those people that most likely are in that place, right, they go from renting where they're paying out money to now not paying any rent. And then they have two or three people paying a mortgage or a rent to them, which probably exceeds their mortgage. And now they're putting money in their pocket. Absolutely. The kind of the rule of thumb for those type of properties is those three renters are going to at least cover your mortgage. Maybe sometimes some of your utilities uh, as well. So you're living for pretty close to free in that property. And then as well, your tenants are paying down the mortgage on the property for you rather than you living in a single family home and you're paying your own mortgage and you're paying your note down. Somebody else is doing that for you. Right. And like you said, in 2007, 2008 versus now, how much more are those properties worth? And Uh if you're living in it, what's happening year after year after year? Inflation, you know, property prices are going up. So now that initial investment that you made is now worth more. Absolutely. There's four different ways in which you can make money in real estate. So first is appreciation, like you talked about. I'd never bank on appreciation, but it always happens over time. Right. Um, Principal pay down. So the tenants that are paying the property down every single month for you. I love that. Um, So cash flow. Every single property that I sell somebody, I I tell them that you got to think about the cash flow first. Because if the property cash flow is every other problem is solvable. If you don't want to manage the property yourself and you don't like the idea of, of dealing with tenant issues and repairs and things like that, if you, the property cash flows, you can hire those things out and have somebody else do that for you. Mm-hmm. And you can make it so off, it's so hands off that it's literally pocket money. Mm-hmm. That's your future retirement. And for most people, especially today's world where Social Security and Medicare and everything is going out the door, like how important is it to have another resource? to be able to fall back on in your later years of life. It's absolutely vital. Yeah. Right. I mean, even if you don't want to become wealthy with real estate investing, only one property, one investment property can make a life changing difference for you down the road. Mm-hmm. And as you build equity in that, I mean, you, if you have a medical issue and you can't, and you can't afford to pay for it and uh, you know, or you, you you lose your insurance and you, you built up a couple hundred thousand dollars in equity in a property. I mean, there's, it's, it's such a, a great way to build wealth over a long period of time that you can use for many different things. And, and most Americans, they say, don't have more than what, four or $5,000 of net worth mm-hmm. uh, if they don't own a home. And they have like, what, a month worth of savings, maybe? 
Well, I mean, I think 80% of America, I was just reading this Gallup polling said 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Uh, I think it's 95% of Americans can't afford a $500 emergency. That's absolutely mind blowing. I mean, like they're one emergency away from being homeless. Right. I mean, that's like one yeah. flat tire, right? Yeah. If you, cause you have to maybe get right. replaced two tires, right. right? Like that's it. You know, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, um, we could go down a rabbit hole. What's sure. the fourth you said? Yeah. So equity, oh, tax principle and, and then tax savings. So Correct. the government incentivizes people to become landlords and, and property owners. Right. So not only are you going to make a profit on this property, not only is it going to be paid down for you by somebody else, and it's going to appreciate over time, but the government is going to give you tax savings on that money. Mm-hmm. Most people are, are taxed somewhere between a, a 12 to 37.5% tax bracket. Investment property taxes are a much lower rate than, than most people's personal income. Yep. But also... Because the property depreciates over time, because you have to repair it and put money into the property over time, which you're accounting for when you're running numbers on a property anyway, you get to deduct the value of the property over a certain period of time. Right. And so just to take, for example, a $400,000 property, let's say the building is worth $400,000. There's land value as well. That's additional. But there's $400,000 building value. You could depreciate it over a 27 and a half year schedule mm-hmm. that breaks down to around 13 or $14,000 a year that you're deducting the, uh, from the value of the property. So let's say you made $6,000 in profit that year. You take that $14,000 deduction from that, uh, from that building. You're not at a loss. Now you're at a loss. So you pay less. So yeah, you're paying no taxes on money that you made. Right. So there's tax gain. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you don't got to sell me. Oh, I, I love it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, um, okay. So back to what you were saying, barrier of entry is low, right? And yeah. so we want to inspire and motivate more people to get involved in that. So you said resources, education, and then what was the third one? I already forgot. Network. It. Network. Network is probably the most important one. Conversations, man. Yeah. Relationships. So yeah. let's start with Absolutely. the network. So yeah. that's the most important. So what is, you know, the person that's listening, what's their network? Like what can they leverage to be able to take the next step? So I think what it should start with is education. Okay. Finding uh, resources online. I mean, because we're in a in an age where on your phone you can find absolutely everything on the internet. Right. right. So start there. Um, there's some fantastic resources out there. We're, we're, we have a website that's going uh, that we're building even more education on that we're going to give. We give away 100% of our information and education for free. We're not selling anybody on anything there. Yeah. If you decide to use us or ask us for a resource, if you're not in our local area to, for us to help you with real estate, we can you know, refer you to somebody in a market that does know real estate investing. Um, And we only get paid when we help somebody buy a property. But I want to give this information out to people for free because I think that people need to be educated on, on this stuff. And the more, the more that we give to other people on education and everything else, I mean, it's, it's, it's inherently just going to help us in the long run. So, I mean, I, w- I want to do this unselfishly, but there's always a selfish intent with, with you know, with, with, you know, with the business. So. I mean, w- here's a couple of things. Like I know this from the fitness world, right? Like a lot of people are like, well, do you want to get your friends and family? That's weird to ask them for money. If they're better off after you've helped them, you deserve to get paid one. Absolutely. And two, if you help enough people get what they want, Zig Ziglar, 
yeah. you will get what you want. Absolutely. Right. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. This is the world we live in. And so, I mean, I think one, I think a lot of people need to stop being so afraid of money, right? Especially when it comes to the community, the network, you know, yeah. I have come to, in, to enjoy spending more with people I know. I come to going to the places that I know because I enjoy the relationships. Like if I go to a restaurant of a friend I know and I have that food, I enjoy that experience so much more. And we live in a life of experiences, right? So I think we need to change the stigma, you know, on that. I think you totally agree. Uh, What's the website? Uh, invest907.com invest game you know gotta get that in there i mean obviously i believe in you i mean like one great story so guys i I love to tell stories too is like i remember when we bought our first one with you and right away we bought it it was great it was an amazing experience we were excited we were gung-ho renovating a unit and i remember calling you uh like not a couple weeks after we moved in and i'm renovating a unit and in this unit it's an upstairs downstairs right and I'm downstairs renovating the unit. And I was there for probably like three or four hours. And in that period of time of three or four hours, 30, maybe 40 people came, walked upstairs, knock, knock, knock. You could hear some noise of them talking. You're obviously in a rental property now, you know, so there's close walls. The person goes in, you hear the door shut. Two, three minutes later, door opens, door shuts, walks away. Walk up the stairs, next person, in the door, out. I'm like... I don't know a lot about drugs, but that seems kind of like drugs. (laughs) I call you up and I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. What do I do? And you're like, perfect thing, cash for keys, right? Because we don't want that. I mean, one, I mean, I don't want that in my property and I don't want, you know, that type of thing to come along with a property and we could go down a rabbit hole there. But you gave me the most simple advice that ended up being the most valuable advice that we've used several times over the last we bought that property in 2014, nine years we've been landlords. And that was an amazing free piece of advice that you gave me that has literally saved us thousands and thousands Absolutely. of dollars. So I encourage everyone to go there if they're looking into this because you are an amazing resource there. And all I did was offer them a, a move out bonus, right? Like, hey, need access to this unit? I'll give you $500 off your next month's rent. Or if you get out now, I'll even give you this much more. The lady was out in a couple of weeks, got it renovated. And rented it for a lot more than what she was in there. So it was a win-win. Fantastic. Right. Well, I th- that's why I said education is so important. Yeah. Because if you just don't know things, then then how can how can you know to, you know, on, on what you need to do? So if you have the education, I mean, education is very valuable. Right. So network, number yeah. two. Net, so n- network is is your is I believe the most important piece. If you have the right people in your in on your team, I, I say on your bench, then you're gonna find success eventually. Right. So once you know what to do, or at least have a confidence to do what you do, you got to have the right people in your corner. Absolutely. Right. So, so who's in your network? Yeah. So uh, it ranges from for one having an in, a real estate agent that knows and understands investment properties. Mm-hmm. Or if you just can't find somebody that it, that is knowledgeable as far as helping you purchase, because I believe there's a lot of great real estate agents out there that can help you with buying investment property. You need a mentor or somebody that can help guide you through what makes a good investment property. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a mentor or somebody that does this for uh, whether it's for a living or uh, their, their, their retirement or on some sort of successful scale, you should have somebody that, that does this and listen to them. Those are, I mean, you should not be listening to the people that, uh, that bought a duplex, you know, a long time or inherited a duplex and had horrible tenants. You know, if you didn't know what you didn't know, I mean, you could have had those drug dealers 
run your property to the ground. Right. And if you weren't proactive, try to evict him, go through that gnarly process. They destroy the unit, like run it to the ground. Like you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I agree with mentorship. Absolutely. I I encourage it all the time. It comes up in almost every podcast. So I love that you're saying that. Okay. So realtor mentor. Uh, So uh, if you don't want to manage the property yourself, um, property property manager, yeah, absolutely. An attorney to help you with uh, your lease, uh, to help you with evictions. Uh, hopefully you don't have to deal with those. I mean, there's a lot of great methods to uh, having people move out of a property without having to go to an eviction. Um, but another, the bigger uh, one of the bigger things is having good contractors. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, There's a saying that uh, the guy that I used to work for would always say is, is uh, if, you're, if your toilet's out in 2 a.m., if you don't have a good plumber that's willing to work at 2 a.m. anyways, uh, you're going to be that plumber. Right. Um, and so uh, anytime you have uh, an electrical, a plumbing, uh, you want to remodel your unit, having good, knowledgeable contractors that uh, will uh, not take you, you know, not take uh, you for granted or uh, can do good work um, uh, is very, very important. Yep. And contractors are really hard to find. I mean, that's something that uh, I've I've had a struggle with my entire career with having a cons- having consistent people over time. So having a a a good pool of contractors to rely on, right. I think, is very important. And then when you find really good ones, you stick on to those and you hold them tight as right. you can. So. Take care of them. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. At the end of the day, though, I mean, I think lawyer, contractor, these things are all super important, guys. Yep. But like. I want to encourage really what you need is you need a realtor, right? Because a realtor is probably going to be able to help you with 90% of that, right? I know you did for us. I mean, absolutely. A lot of real estate agents in general um, have those type of resources because right. it's the business that they do. And so they can be a great right. resource to, to have um, uh, to rely upon for that network or at least the start of that network. But also networking with other investors in your market or even right. outside of your market. There's right. great websites and information uh, outside of just what we provide. Biggerpockets.com is yep. is an absolutely fantastic resource for investors. Yep. I mean, yep. there's a lot of stuff out there, but you should be networking with other investors. There's Facebook groups. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like Landlord Almanac yep. is like here yep. in our area, like right. an amazing resource. Mm-hmm. You know, ran by a property management company, but still yep. an amazing resource. Um, you know, I guess something I didn't hear, and again, I don't want to speak for you, but I also think a lender, right? Like you got to have a good yeah, finance absolutely. person, right? Yeah. Um, and specifically with investment, uh, with multifamily, uh, like most real estate agents, they sell anything under the residential umbrella or, or commercial. Um, uh, and most of the time that's homes. That's most of their business. And so some lenders aren't just well, are just not well versed in the multifamily, uh, uh, sector. And I mean, that's okay, but you want to find somebody that is well versed in multifamily because there's certain rules and regulations that can make it most advantageous for you to buy your next investment property, but also can hinder you from purchasing your invest, your next investment property. There's certain things you need to look out for, um, and numbers you need to know, uh, that, Honestly, it's, it's are, are things that not every lender will know, right. just without having gone through it before, or having, or or selling that product to you know, uh, on a regular basis. Right, and I love that you say that because through time you get more education, which then expands your network, or then the ability of how you do this. Right, I know yeah. for me, Chelsea and I have constantly been learning. I learned yeah. in this last process that you can actually pitch lenders against each other and then get a way better rate. 
never did that before, but right. that worked really well this mm-hmm. last time. So, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, I never thought of that. I've That's, always just kind of picked a lender and went through it through the whole process. And that was great. And, you know, you shop around maybe and you're like, oh, I like this one and go with it. But I mean, I found out being less agreeable and almost being aggressive in a way really worked out in our favor. Absolutely. Right? And so, and there's, and, and, Part of that whole process between the lenders is not necessarily that a lender, one lender is better than the other, but some What's lenders that? have access to better products. At the time. Yeah. And it, and it ranges. Yeah, and if you absolutely. don't talk to enough people, you don't know. And that goes back to education. If you're not That's educated what on what's out there, right. then you, it could be costing you thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. And this is simple education. This is right. not, you have to go to a four-year college to be able to make this you know, stuff happen. Right. I mean, learning one thing can save, like the, the cash for keys. I mean, that probably saved you thousands and thousands of dollars. Tons of headache for sure right. in having to go through the standard eviction process. Because it's not just a drug dealer, right? It's a it's a bad tenant. It's a tenant that's you know maybe getting super late with rent. And that that single education piece has saved us like thousands. In many different situations, it's applicable, right? right? And so I again encourage you to check out John's 907 investment. Yeah, invest907.com. Invest907.com. We're working on content. Um, There's going to be a lot more in the future, but our goal is to be able to give people free content um, so that they know what they're getting into. I want to tell them the good and the bad. Like I said, I don't like being a salesperson. I don't want to sell that owning investment properties is all rainbows and cupcakes. It's a lot of work. For some people, it's a lot less work than they think. But it's a lot more work than than just regular mailbox money, which some people I've heard people use that reference. Uh, you know, unless you're completely hands off, then it's yeah. there's some work involved. The people we're talking to, you know, this first one that owner occupied, it's hard work, right? Yeah, and it's absolutely. not and it's not for the faint of heart, right? No. I try to do my best to not sell it in a way, you know, when I'm right. just talking to people. I yeah. don't have any skin in the game, yeah. right? And I'm gonna send you to John. Right. But like I mean, I tell people the worst, the worst. I mean, I know for a fact we've had some of the worst experiences. Like, sure. how many people do you know has had a tenant die in their units? Um, a I've couple. sold a lot of units. Right, so. I know. I mean, I, it's but unfortunately happens. I can guarantee yeah. you that's yeah. a low percentage of people. It's like, very low, yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it's... Still encouraged, yeah. and it's such a sad situation, and I'm not here to make light or laugh of that, you know. I mean, it was a terrible situation. Yeah. I still encourage people to be yeah. a landlord. Uh, I had a girl that didn't know how to use a plunger and we had a $50,000 poop flood in a property. Guess what? Still encourage you to be a landlord. See, those stories are the ones that get told the most as well, though. Correct. And that is what deters people from these things. If it wasn't the thing, if real estate wasn't the thing that created more millionaires and billionaires out there, then obviously these type of stories and these type of things absolutely wouldn't be worth it. Right. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's current, but I know it's past, and we don't have someone to, to stat yeah. check it. But we might be able to do it after the podcast. Do you know there's an industry above realtors that creates the most millionaires? Um, I mean, I'm sure you'll it's, educate me on in, that. In, it, realtors is number two, at yeah. least from this statistic. I'll have Real to find it. Investing. Real estate investing. Yeah. Number one, life insurance. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, life insurance. I've I've not seen that or heard that. Yeah. Uh, w- Anyone can fact check us afterwards. We can look it up afterwards. Yeah. And maybe we're wrong, but I'm almost positive that insurance has created more as far millionaires. As like a career, or like uh, people selling insurance, or 
I think it's just the insurance game, just like real estate investing, life sure. insurance, like buying in whole life, then using that right. to like go from there. Again, we don't have an expert on that, so I'm not in that here, yeah. but I do believe I know that a I've heard experts in that if you need. I and I do too. I know yeah. there's that's on the docket, I know yeah. for sure. So the network, the network, I have a good network. Yeah. So. Well, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I know. I, I mean I don't want to get into it, but we gotta talk Bailey, like furniture. Yeah. clearing sale yeah. like that's an interesting one but okay so the last one so we said uh education network and then you said resources yeah see so i hear education i hear resources, and i think similar things so what's when you're saying resources what's that so uh, resources the biggest thing is is education right is having uh having uh, uh sources to go to books to reference mm-hmm. um to rich dad poor be dad a, because go read it you may not have access to your mentor all the time or you may not have access to somebody uh your network all the time and so if you have resources so books uh, the internet i mean it's a fantastic tool websites that are ed- that that help investors um YouTube. you want to build an llc you could do that on your own now mm-hmm I mean, there, I mean, there's, there's, you know, uh, many different websites out there that can help you through those processes. Yep. So a lot of these things you can do for a lot cheaper than having to necessarily go to an attorney to build that LLC for you or uh, to to build a certain document for you um, that you need. So yeah. I mean, resources are is I mean, really goes back to like education. Right. So we're going to take a hard segue only because we know each other and yeah. I. I I want to go this direction because I, I am so thankful for that for people because again I have so many people asking me how do I get into it and I'm constantly trying to you know preach that but why not have an expert I'm a little fish in a very very big pond in that space so I want to know you were an extremely successful realtor right and we don't have to say the numbers you told me the numbers like you have you've been crushing it year over year for the last few years what has led to your success like in you intrinsically in you. I 100% believe it's the method in which I come from uh, as far as... Unpack as, that. I, I'm not a salesperson. Okay. I'm here to help you grow your wealth. Right. And when I help you buy the right property, when I tell you what's what to look out for, what not to do, when I tell somebody not to invest because I don't think that they have the ability to handle that property or I say invest but you want to ha- make sure that these this part of your network is super super strong mm-hmm. because I've seen because I've seen what's gone wrong when when certain people or personality types uh, have have invested in properties and you know if you're a very passive person and you know tend to stick your head in the sand when when things go wrong that's only going to hurt you in the long run. And I want you to be successful. I really, really, from the core of my heart, like I want people to be successful in this. I got in this business simply because of that. Because yeah. my agent didn't understand or know how to make, help make me successful. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I got in the business. And because I've come from that philosophy, I've helped create many, many millionaires, in fact, in this in the state from real estate investing. Right. I've helped my my younger siblings who have had who would have probably never bought an investment property. I helped right. all three of them, right. all three of my brothers buy investment properties and and have gained. So one of my brothers he bought a duplex and uh, he was he lived paycheck to paycheck, had a normal day to day job, and he generally had maybe a month's worth of savings. And he had all in, in the beginning, he always like, why did you talk me into buying this? Like he was a pretty past person and I had to help him through a lot of things. And, but when we sold the property 10 years later, which he had a tenant paying most of his mortgage the entire time, he got a $150,000 check in 10 years, in 10 years. 
and lived from a property that I sold to him for $200,000. Right. And he lived basically or close to free. Pretty close to free. Absolutely. And had other, had other, uh, um, uh, benefits like taxes, tax savings on it throughout the entire time. Yeah. So you're really hungry to help people. Yeah. Right. So that's a big thing. What else? Like there's some intrinsically things to you. I mean, I know we've talked about, you know, ADHD yeah. and like that. Like, I mean, do you think that plays a big role into a- your ab- success? Absolutely. Um, so ADHD is always a blessing and a curse. Sure. Um, it, it really helps me. ADHD, most people think of them as uh, completely unstructured and and having their head, uh, you know, go every which way, mm-hmm. just, which is very true. Yeah. But we're also really, really good at hyper-focusing. Right. So like during this podcast, I'm like really good at being able to just focus on this one-on-one conversation. Right. When you put me in a big room with, a, a, you know, a bunch of people in a big party, I kind of, that's when my squirrel, you know, yeah. comes out and I kind of go all over the place. Pinball just yeah. around the place, right? Yeah. So having that one-on-one conversation with people, having that one-on-one intera- interaction and, uh, and hyper-focusing on what I'm really good at and for everything else that I'm not good at, I help. I, I find somebody else to help me with that. Right. Um, so uh, the other thing that I think has been a really big attribute to the success that we've had um, is, is being able to uh, has been be, being able to, uh, I guess, how do you say it? Um, has been able to, really, really never say, never take no for an answer and never right. assume somebody can't do something because most people just don't know. I've had, I've, I had an investor come to me one time and wanted to buy a duplex. He was a Alaska airlines pilot and he wanted to invest in real estate and had really, really good savings. Um, it want, he wanted it to kind of be his retirement plan, but he, he really didn't know what he's getting into. So he wanted to start small on this one property. And he had around three hundred thousand dollars in savings to be able to buy the buy a property. He wanted to buy it for cash because he didn't know. He didn't right. know the benefits of of getting a loan on a property, the right. tax savings that you get from it, the um, uh, being able to write off that interest on the property, and being able to leverage the bank's money to be right. able to use the rest of your money to buy other properties. Right. After I educated him, I spent a couple of weeks on teaching him. Uh, uh, different products that he can buy on on how we can help him with his resource his network setting him up with a I I give most of my clients or all my clients uh, at least one or two books to read um, on buying and managing uh, I think the more important one is the managing an investment property and uh, after a couple of weeks we decided to buy a fifteen plex love it. And so after, and I think about eight years after he bought that 15 plex, I sold it and his gain was six or $700,000 Right. on that $300,000 investment because he was able to buy 15 units that were $100,000 a door. Right. And because of the principal pay down, because of the appreciation of the property, he made triple his return just on the sale of the property, Right. not including all the cash flow he made on it. Right. During his ownership. And then what can, I mean, so he doubled his money in 10 years. And then what could you do with that doubled if you continue uh, that leverage process, right? Like that's why real estate creates so many millionaires. Right. It's unreal. Yeah. And we'll definitely fact check it because I yeah. don't want to spew I could, that. Well, I'll just tell you on my own personal experience because I, I got into this because I do it for myself. Right. I bought uh, one of my fourplexes using my VA loan. I bought it for $625,000 in 2013. It's paid down to about five hundred thousand dollars now, 
I put zero dollars into that. I made cash flow for the last decade on it. And it's worth over $950,000 now. I know. There's over $400,000 in gain that I can have if I sold that property today. Right. On a $0 investment. Right. So if you're a, if, if you're a military, veteran, yeah, yeah if veterans, absolutely. that is by far. And plus the interest rates on the VA loans are yeah. stupid. So like absolutely. even where we are right now, you're going to get so much less, right? Like yeah. if you're a veteran, that is by far the move. Your, the, your VA loan is probably one of the best things you get out of being in the military. I honestly believe as far as, uh, as far as, Perpetuity your, benefits, right? Yeah, like, your long-term financial gain, what the VA loan can do for you. Right. I mean, that property alone, when it's paid off, and eventually it's going to be worth well over a million dollars, I'm going to become a millionaire just off that one property that I paid zero dollars for. I know, it's amazing. It's incredible. So I don't want to, I want to go back, you know, now I want to go back because sure. you said something. So you, your, your willingness to just, you know, serve people, right? That's huge. And then you, your ADD or ADHD, you know, that hyper-focus, that ability, but then you, you, I really want to unpack and go deep into this fact. You said anything that you're not good at, you outsource. And you keep saying we, right? So I know we got to give a shout out to the girls, right? You got yeah, two girls absolutely. on your team yeah, that are Ariel crushing, and Liz. Ariel and Liz crushing yeah. it. They're amazing. Uh, I talk, I mean, I don't, but Chelsea talks to them more when we're doing a deal than I do, yeah. or like even yeah. you in most cases. Ariel was my youngest investor ever. Right. At 20 years old, like two fourplexes, right? Two fourplexes. Yeah, that's incredible. She's 26. That's so incredible. Yeah, Yeah, so she owns two fourplexes, and I think I was 25 when I made my first investment. So keep crushing it, Ariel. But what what I want to talk about really specifically is you being really good at knowing what you're good at and being really humble to know what you're not good at. And so will you kind of talk to me around that philosophy? Was that always in your inhate? Did you learn that through time? Like, what developed that muscle in you to be okay to delegate all those things? Because so many people are control freaks. They want to do it all. Like, oh, I want to know it. I want to be good at it. And I know at least people that I know with ADHD and myself, if I'm not good at it, I am like, nope, take it. Goodbye. Right. Like, I'm I'm going over here, right? So yeah. will you kind of unpack that for me? I'm curious on how that works for you. So I, I also fall in the category of the person that likes to do it all if yeah. I can. Right. Because um, like nobody can do it as good as I can, right? Totally. But that's absolutely false. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- it's taken me a long time. It's honestly just taken me age and experience. Right. Wisdom. Wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there was a time where I would try to do everything myself. But what the great thing about when I got into real estate was I got in, I, I, I joined at a time when team building was a really, really big growing piece in the yeah. real estate market. Forever, real estate agents was all was always you as a realtor work by yourself. Maybe you have a transaction coordinator, but that's it. You don't have you don't have a team around you of of other people helping you with you know outside of like title lenders, you know those things. But they're they're not really part of your team because you're not paying them. Mm-hmm. And so this team concept came across came came along, and that was mostly developed by Keller Williams, and that's the company that I joined. Mm-hmm. And um, what I learned is if you give people a job and help them be really good at that one job, then they're going to do that one job way better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And they can handle a lot bigger capacity than anybody else if they're not having to worry about other things. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, they, a, a, a Keller Williams team or any any general team is made up of uh, you have a listing agent, a listing agents that, that just work on the listings. Mm-hmm. A buyer specialists that just work with buyers, um, transaction coordinators that just handle the transactions, and then closing specialists that helps uh, the, uh, everything facilitate through the closing. Right. Um, 
And so they're all really good at their, their, their job and they don't have to do everything in the transaction. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I learned that teamwork is, I mean, a really, really big piece in the business world. I've always known teamwork is a big thing. I've been in sports all my life. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, you know, me as a soccer player, like I, I, I wasn't playing goalie when I was playing striker, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I need my goalie back there to be able to, to help us win, you know. It's an important mindset, though, for a lot of people, because I think that it, maybe it's young, right? And we're 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 rapidly getting older, right? right? And we're becoming, you know, aware of that. And very aware, very aware. All the gray hairs are telling me, so. right? Yeah, the gray hair, the <laughs> yeah. skin, like yeah. all that. You know, I mean, I look at my hand now, and I'm like, that's you know, that's 35, right? That's not 25 right. anymore. Yep. You can see a difference. Yep. Um, but my point to it is, is you know, I'm curious because. I want I want to debunk that so much when it comes to, you know, having to do it all, right? Like I don't know where it comes from, and I want to I want to take a pick a fight with it, like having to do it all because the philosophy that I use or the math equation that I use is like you can only do a hundred, right? Like if you're if you want to do it, you can only do a hundred. Yep. But two people doing seventy is one forty. And that's the mass game, right? Like when yeah. you really think about it, yeah. like, okay, yeah, they're not going to do it maybe as good as you out right away. But what I've found when you give a lot of autonomy, you give a lot of freedom, you build a team, you inspire, you coach them, you give them books, all the things you're saying, they probably can do a hundred. Absolutely. Right. But yeah. just to think, even if they only did 70 and two people are doing 70, that's 140. Mm-hmm. And like that simple math, like just no, a lot of people don't understand. And a lot of times it's not... Uh, a lot of times it's not just addition. When you take right. somebody doing 70 it's and another person that's doing 70, a lot of times it's actually multiplied. Right. You're multiplying it. Right. And so, you know, now, now it's 2100. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it, you're, you're, you're it, the exponential growth that you, that can happen from teamwork and them and somebody being really good at one area of their world is 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 absolutely huge and vital and and it can changes businesses changes lives well and not only to like when you're in your strengths there's things you're good at but talk about the energy you get from the things you're good at absolutely right like i mean talk about like it's like there's things you're good at that i can never do at your level because the fuel you get from doing it absolutely i i always believe that people should do what they love to do that what makes them happy a lot of people get stuck in jobs because it's what pays the bills. And unfortunately for a lot of people, they can't get out of that uh, world. And, but a lot, a lot of that goes back to just being educated on or not being educated on what their other opportunities are. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just don't know or don't know how to do things. And, and, and that stops a lot of people from reaching their full potential or learning about something else that can really make them happy. And, and when you're happy in what you do, you do it so much better and you do and and you want to work so much harder at it. I mean, there was, there was times in my career where I'd work 80, 90, a hundred hours in a week because I love it. Right. And I don't do that anymore because of those 80, 90, a hundred hours that I was able to, to put into that. Now I can focus on my family, my kids. I get to spend so much time with my kids and being able to travel and do the things that I love and enjoy in life because I was able to put in all that time in a, in a field that I'm very, very passionate about. Right. Well, and, you know, I believe, you know, in this world, it, it is a, the world will match your energy towards something. I think the more energy you have towards, the more money you will make. 
Absolutely. Right. Yeah, with the right education, yep. with the right focus, with the right network, all the things, you're, with the right resources, everything you're saying, if you put enough energy into it, the, the world's going to pay you back. Right. It's yep. almost impossible not to. Yep. And I would encourage that, you know, there's a lot of people saying this message and I subscribe to it hundred percent. I'm curious on what you think. Like, I think that there's a lot of people out there making 200 a year and they hate their job and they hate their life. And then there's the people out there that's the bee farmers or, you know, they, they cut hair and on the side or whatever. And they're doing it for like 60 K a year, 50 K a year, but they love doing it and they do it better than most people making pie. I don't care what it is that love life. I don't know. I think the, the, the people doing that, the, the bee farmers or whatever that are making 50 and posting about it on Instagram and doing a podcast or anything like that, honestly, are crushing it at life more than the person doing 200 and hating their life. Uh, absolutely. I've seen this a lot in my life and in the world. Um, what's the purpose of life? Like, really, what is the purpose of life? And for most people, they need to find what that purpose is for them. And people people look at the outside worldview or, or they're always following, you know, what the Joneses are doing to find happiness. And really... If you're not happy in what you're doing, then what's the point of doing what you're doing? Whether or not you're making $200,000 a year or $50,000 a year, what is that $200,000 a year buying you? Is that buying you happiness outside of that, outside of that life? Like is, is what you're sacrificing, you know, most people work, you know, half of their day, at least half their day on their job. That's half, that's half of your awake life that you're spent doing something. Is that extra income and what it buys you when you're not working? making up for all the stress and sacrifice that you're putting in when you're, when you're doing something that you're miserable at? No. Absolutely not. No. One of my favorite trips I ever went on was going down to Costa Rica and they live this life, the Pura Vida. Mm. They're especially compared to like Americans and most first world countries, they're very poor people, right? but they're a lot happier than most Americans. You see it all the time, right? Yeah. In those type of areas. I know a couple of different places we've gone into Mexico and, one guy was a mule farmer, yep. literally a mule farmer. And I'm a person where I'll go to a place and I literally will talk to the doorknob, right? Because yep. I enjoy in conversing with people. And I talk to this guy and just hearing like, like you could see the life they live, yep. right? When it comes to food and that. But how happy that person was. Yep. I mean, you could run into a room of 100 people right now and not see someone be as happy as this mule farmer that just like built, made mules for a tourist company to do like zip lines. That's literally all he did loves it. Well, I think that goes back to he found his purpose. Right. When people find their purpose in life, uh, what they make doesn't doesn't really matter. How do you find your purpose? Accident. <laughs> um I so well, first my I always had a I always believe that the only uh, that that people shouldn't look up to heroes like in in the sports world and um uh, and 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 other area like uh, movie stars etc like i don't believe those are true heroes to me maybe they aren't to them but my true and w- one of my only heroes in my life was my grandfather an absolutely amazing man who was married to his wife for 60 years had raised l- really world leaders in my uncles um very very intelligent people and he influenced a lot of people in a very, very positive way. He was a person that you looked at and you just couldn't help but smile at. He always made you happy. 
he was very successful. He died poor um, because of the, the 80s recession in Alaska, uh, crushed a lot of his businesses, but he never lost his spirit. And he it never changed who he was as a person as far as from what I saw. And he always, he always had a positive outlook on things and a forward-looking uh, uh, thought that things are going to get better or, or the situation that you're in is just a situation. And your mindset and how you respond to things is really the world that you live in. Mm-hmm. One thing you talked about was was perspective. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a huge, huge thing. The, you know, the the um, the the bee farmer, like their their perspective on life is so much better than the person that's working that two hundred thousand dollar job and not finding happiness. Right. So a lot of things is just going back to your mindset and, and perspective on things. Yeah, I love that. But my my grandfather was was my hero. And, uh, he was in real estate before I was, before I was born, he was a real estate developer and he built a lot of buildings in Anchorage. And, uh, because I worked up to him, I wanted to get into real estate somehow, Yeah, but I didn't know how. So it wasn't luck then. No, it was to some degree. Yeah. I mean, there was some influence on on things. Absolutely. Um, but how I got into real estate sales was kind of just by happenstance because, I really wanted to be like a builder developer like him, um, but I didn't have the tools, resources, the knowledge to be able to get into that business. I had no, I had no network in that area, right. and so I thought to myself after I got out of the army, like, how do I, like, how do I get into real estate? <laughs> well, I can't just go build a house, you know. Nobody's gonna give me a loan. I, I don't know any contractors, you know, that can help me right. with this. And honestly, I don't know how much money I can make even building a house. Yeah. Um, and back when I got became an adult was you know, 2008, 2009, you know, the market was, was not doing very good real estate wise. Um, and so, uh, I, I got a full-time job and, uh, I, I, I knew I wanted to get into real estate. And so I, I read a book about real estate investing and, uh, and found out that I can buy a fourplex using my VA or FHA loan. And then I just asked around on, I asked my cousin who I should use for a real estate agent. And so I got, I, I got my first fourplex when I was uh, uh, 20. Yeah, I was 20 when I when I closed on it. I was 19 when I started the process and 20 when I closed on it. Um, and it was after that next transaction that I decided I want to get into this to help other people do it. So I thought I was only going to be in the business for five years because, like I said, I don't like the sales game. Um, but I love helping people grow and I love helping businesses. And, yeah. and that's what I do more than I sell people on, on properties. I help them grow their their portfolios, their wealth, their their future. Yeah, you're and cru- that's exciting. You're crushing me because there's so many directions I want to go <laughs> I'm right sorry, now. Sorry, yeah, no, no, it's no, don't be sorry. It's yeah. amazing. And so I want to I want to hone in. I guess where I'm going to choose to hone in is this sales place because I, I have a lot of empathy for you. I feel the exact same way. I am constantly in the sales position in my life, but my whole life. And Chelsea can be like the biggest advocate for this. I was like, I don't want to be a salesman. I don't want to be like, you know, honed as the salesperson, but I constantly in it. And when I'm in the process, I never feel like I'm selling anything. What do you think that is? You know, because I I know many other people that are incredibly successful in that world and they all feel the same way. So like, what do you think that is? Well, you, you believe in what you're helping people with. I think I, I think it goes back to perspective. Like you yeah. understand what you're doing for people, and I always look at like the the, the phrase the sale sales people and and when you're selling somebody, you're convincing them to do something that 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 you want them to do. Right. Maybe not be the best thing in for them though. Right. 
So yes, that's our title is salesperson, right. but really we're not selling people on something. We're educating people on what they don't know. Right. And that's what you're doing. You're educating people on the, on, on in like for beacon, you're like you're educating people on if you invest this amount of money in marketing or doing things this way, it's going to produce a return that you don't even understand. And you're not selling anything, man. You're you're teaching people how to to spend their money to gain more clients. Right. It's definitely sales. I agree. I I mean, I totally agree with you and I'm glad you feel that way. Um, You know, it's it's funny. You you said something earlier about the persistence, right, to push through and all that. I'm curious on what your mindset is on this. So I've always liked to ask this question to people that are in some realm of where they're, you know, sharing information to get someone to do something. Do you think people are a no until you get them to say yes in the process? Or do you think people are a yes until you get them to say no? It depends on where you come from when you're approaching them. Sure. Um, and how they and how they came to you. Right. So, I mean, when what I, if they come to you? Yeah. So if they're coming to me, then they already know about me and they right. already know what I have to offer most of the time um, because I get most of my business through referrals and past clients. I mean, most of it's referral based. I right. don't I don't cold call. Um, I don't uh, do a lot of Internet marketing on my business. I, I market my clients properties, but I don't market my own business a lot because I want to build a very relational and and uh, very close and personal business. I don't want to work with everybody. I want to work with a handful of investors uh, uh, and really help them grow their life lifelong wealth. Right. As I've gotten older, I've realized that that's kind of a selfish thing to think is like, I don't want to work with everybody because honestly, I, I want to live my life and have freedoms and, and I want... I live to work. I work to live. I don't live to work. Right. And so at the end of the day, I want to, I'm doing this to buy my time back as well. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, that said, I do want to help everybody. I, and so how do I, how can I do that? I got to do that for, through technology. I got to do that through automation. I got to do that through, uh, you know, recording myself on, you know, more on, on uh, and providing video and content that things that I say to every single person I meet with, why have I not just recorded that and put that on my website for them to be able to go and see that. And now right. I can impact a lot more people. And that's what I've learned that I'm like, I've always been kind of resistant to uh, like that type of technology or that type of uh education which is kind of weird like i'm you know being a millennial you you we, we were the first to grow up in that um but I'm, i feel like that older millennial that's like resistive to oh, yeah. certain technology like there's certain technology i'm cool with but others i'm like oh that's too much but technology is 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 what's going to help us better ourselves and i've always had a negative view on technology i always thought it's going to turn right. us into like the matrix or we're going to end up like the terminator or whatever right, but right. Um, ultimately, like there's a lot of ways in which technology can help us, especially the world of AI. I'm kind of excited about that. That's good. Which I was scared, you I, know, until more recently. Right, still I, kind of scared about I it. I know. Last time I talked to you about yeah. it, it was kind of doom and gloom, you know, when we were talking about <laughs> well, it. Well, still, I think it still oh, yeah. could be. Still, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> but Skynet. I think there's a lot of really good uses for it that I've right. been learning about, especially with this like chat, chat GDP stuff. Chat GPT. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple podcasts coming up to talk about that. I actually have someone oh, okay. that's like an cool. expert in AI. Yeah. Like they've actually been, okay. they were like started in the 80s helping do stuff for the military. And oh, wow. she specializes in AI ethics. So making sure AI has the proper ethics to coordinate with humans. I'm stoked about it. Okay. Like I can't right. believe I got her to you know yeah, come I'm, on the show. I'm excited for that podcast. So um, but, but so something that... I, 
you know, I'm, I want to know what your thought is on this. So like something I've been getting on a lot is generations, right? You said millennials. So like baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, that's, that's the current, you know, stage that we're living in. We all know baby boomers was the largest generation, right? And yeah. every generation after that has gotten significantly smaller. Right. And we're about to go into like what they call this job poverty, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's so many baby boomers over the next 10 years retiring. Yeah. And it's interesting to think about like, okay, so if, you know, 18 to, you know, 20% of the staff of current workers right now retire, those jobs will not be replaced because there's not enough humans to replace those jobs. And so I'm like, well, maybe this AI thing timing is amazing because how can we replace that and still keep growing? You know, is AI going to be this thing that's going to help us desperately like because i don't think people are even aware of how big of an impact that could be if over the next 10 years 20 percent of the workforce stops i mean absolutely i mean you see it in construction already right i mean because for years the government and and just society was preaching and and telling everybody go to college go to college and too many people went to college and now there's not enough jobs for those people uh that that got careers and or or got uh degrees in psychology i mean we have too many psychologists or what you know whatever uh career field that you know that people went into there's not enough people went into trades Mm -hmm. we don't have enough plumbers and now plumbers are able to charge like are, are making half million dollars a year <laughs> sometimes, um, you know, their, their rates have just continuously going up right. and, and that's never going to change until we get more people in the workforce for that career field. Right. I remember growing up um, and uh, pilots, there was like too many pilots at one point and now there's not nearly enough and their pay is like, is, is growing astronomically. Right. And what's even scarier is the requirements are becoming less. Yeah. Like yeah, that is, I, yeah. I, only, I only know that because we have a client that's, you know, a pilot, you know, mm. they're, or they're a air, air, I don't even know how to say that. They're an air airplane company, but they're not. They're like a jet company okay. here locally. And kind of talking about how some of these big companies like Alaska Airlines Delta is reducing their required hours yeah. to get more pilots. That can be scary, especially in like emergency technical situations. Right. Quite honestly, a lot of those big planes fly themselves for the right. most part, but. Outside of the Sully situations, right? A right. bird bird strike or something. They got to right. land on the Hudson River. Like you yeah. need a person yeah. to be able to do Absolutely. that. And, you know, that guy's and, a hero. I mean, it's a, an incredible story, right? Like, yeah, I don't know if you've seen that Tom Hanks movie, but like, it's incredible to think that he landed that plane and not a single person got hurt. Absolutely, yeah, that was that was huge. I mean, could have gone a lot different if you had you right. know, a rookie flying the plane. I right. guess so. Like the experience that yeah. you had, you know, plays huge into that. So it's yeah, it's just. It's very interesting, I think, as we navigate, you know, as we grow in leaders, how do we pivot to process? How do we pivot to systems to make sure that we carry the the load? Because we got to be able to float that gap because yeah. some of those yeah. jobs can't go away. Plumbers right. can't go away. Right. Right. I don't care how good AI is. Yeah. It's not going to fix a toilet. Yeah. Right. Nope. nope. You know, yeah. And so yeah. making sure that you figure that out. Well, so maybe AI can help, you know, take on the jobs that uh, that that can be replaced in order for that to open up opportunities for more plumbers to, you know, to come into the workforce or, and drive down price. Right. So as things go up, it's not so expensive. Yeah. Right. Because that's actually like, there's things that where that you need a balance, right? That's where our company's looking at it is like AI might actually help us bring prices lower so we can help more people. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I always thought AIs were, were AI was just going to take, 
you know, take everybody's jobs. But quite frankly, it's going to help replace jobs that are just going to be lost because, like you said, the, uh, you know, the workforce reducing and us, you know, as as a society not having as many children as our, our parents did. Right. You know, right. I was just reading that for every adult to replace itself in a growing, you know, you know, conglomerate of a, like an ecosystem, they have to have 2.1 children. Yep. Yeah. Which I think the American average is well below that. It's like one, one like six. One six. And so, I think is the last time I saw it. Yeah. Right. So 1.6. So yeah. like we're not even replacing ourselves yeah. at a rate that we need to be right. keep a sustainable growing, you know, race. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, a lot of people talk about the earth being overpopulated and, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, but I mean, w- w- the direction we're going, we're going to be vastly underpopulated at some point and it's, it's going to hurt, you know, everybody because like, you know, when you have less people, you have less demand on things and, and it's, you know, I, I you know, th- I think that's a really big talk- topic that can be quite controversial, but, and I don't know all the answers for sure. Oh gosh, no, I don't you claim know, to know those. I, yeah, I don't know if we're overpopulated, underpopulated. I believe we have enough food and resources to take care of everybody, but obviously, you know, there's a still a ton of poverty in the world, but I think that's more because of greed than anything. Right. So, right. You know, you know, my, my philosophy on that, and we can spin it to something that I think is really on subject is, is like, I think the best thing that can get people out of that is more opportunity, right? And I think that leaders create the most opportunity. And I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I think leaders come in and see a, you know, a problem and they typically create a solution. Abs- I know you do absolutely. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we as people need a leader to follow. Mm-hmm. Like without leaders, we're just a bunch of lost sheep that are, that are, that don't have a good direction or, 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 or know what to do. And in all, in a lot of areas. And, and so you have, you could either have good leaders or you can have bad leaders. And I mean, unfortunately with the way, you know, politics and everything else is going in our country and other countries, it's not really incentivizing for good leadership to come on and take the reins. And I'm kind of worried about that a little bit. Um, I am optimistic and excited about like where leadership is going and, uh, in the, in the workforce, you know, um, with the education that we have and, and understanding human dynamics, becoming uh, a more accepting culture of, of, of all, all people, races, you know, sex, you know, everything else. Focusing on that, mental health, right? right? Like yep. a huge focus on mental health over the last two years, which Absolutely. I think is a net positive, you know, from the current situation. Oh, that's, I mean, that's changed drastically. I mean, I was in the men's locker room of our, uh, my gym that I go to and listening to a couple older guys, uh, guys probably around my dad's age, late fifties, early sixties, talking about their kids. Uh, their kids were talking to them about therapy (laughs) and they were like, well, back in my day, uh, you know, we would just suck it up and, and put in and, and, and pull up our bootstraps and, and, and just deal with it. I'm like, the, but the but the the uh, what's come out of that is 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 been very very detrimental to a lot of that generation, right? You know, and 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 so I th- I think that there's uh, where we're going as far as like mental health is is really exciting, you know, in helping people because we're finally acknowledging it and understanding how widespread it is. Well, and I think that's, I think that's the problem is, is like actually changing the stigma around this, it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. because there is a stigma around right. it. Like if you're seeing a therapist, like right. a certain might think of a certain perspective, there is a certain like freedom in talking to someone about your stuff 
that doesn't know any of the people you're talking about. Right. And you're just going to go talk about it and have a soundboard. Right. Like there is like, I don't know what that is, but there is a freeing thing in that that helps you process that and then be so clear up here, right? Because I believe, this is a philosophy of mine, I believe we all have mental real estate. Right. And we only have so much real estate, just right. like there's only so much land that you can live on. Right. And I think humans, people, spend way too much time living and taking up real estate that has zero effect on the actual trajectory of their lives. Yeah, Politics, news, sports, like the economy, like don't get me wrong, the economy is important. Right. But at the end of the day, you can go change it. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jim Rohn used to say, stand guard at the doors of your mind. Mm -hmm. Right. You got to be very careful of what you let in because yeah. it will affect everything else. Yeah. Well, I, re I remember when I was a kid um, have, and I don't know, I can't pinpoint or place blame on where this kind of mindset came from, but just hearing that like, if you're going to therapy, um, you know, that there's something wrong with you and that, uh, uh, you know, or, you know, you hear about, uh, married couples needing therapy, right? I, everybody needs a life coach. I'd like to call him a life coach. Sure. I mean, people, you know, Michael mentor. Jordan has a, mentor. Has, has a coach, right? He's still, or, or had a coach. I mean, LeBron James, he's still in. So yeah, Kobe. he still has a coach. Right even though he's the best in the world, you know, whether he's better than MJ or whatever, like he has a coach. <laughs> Usain you Bolt. should have a life coach in whatever area you want to improve your life on. Yeah. And I love that the stigma nowadays is that therapy is good for you and that, uh, you're, you're, there's not, I mean, there's something wrong with everybody. Everybody's screwed up. Totally. You know, yeah. nobody's perfect. Nobody's nobody, you know, uh, nobody has it all figured out. Um, but the stigma has been, you know, it, it's been changing where if you have therapy, if you go to therapy, it's, it's because you're bettering yourself. And it's right. like kind of, I think now a little bragging point, like I, I, I'm trying to work on myself. Right. You know? you're, you're self aware enough that yeah. you know you got stuff right. yeah. and you're working through it. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to better yourself. And yeah. I think everybody should have a, a therapist personally. Anybody in a relationship should have a couples therapist. Regardless of how good your relationship is, it can always be better if you have somebody to help coach you through it. That, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Your relationship will be great if you never stop working on it. Right. Right. I mean, that's like anything else. Yeah. And, and that's where a lot of marriages and relationships fail uh, is, is that they stopped working on it and they got complacent or they, you know, they, they decide not to work on things. And, you know, the, that's something that's happened in my life, too. So, I'm, you know, I know what that's like. Yeah. And you're working really hard, which is amazing. Yeah. So you, we talked about how you think leaders are going to make it may be a big saving grace moving forward. 100% agree. I totally yep. agree. What do you think are some common traits from your perspective? And I, I, I want to be very clear. There is all sorts of types of shapes and leaders and styles, and they're all good for different reasons, right? I think certain leaders work great in certain areas. And I think other leads, you know, other areas, but I do think that there's common traits, values, yeah. characteristics. What are some things that you find to be the qualities of a leader? I think the biggest, most important thing in being a leader is authenticity mm. and showing people that you actually care about them and aren't, and don't just have a selfish interest in mind. Right. You're a leader because you earned your leadership and not because of a title. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, John Maxwell is a great person to, to go to uh, somebody that I read a lot of his books on, on leadership. And, and so, you know, I've, I've, I've gained a lot of things through that, but being authentic and really caring about people. Yeah. If you really care about people and listen to them and want to help them, you don't have to be the best at something in order to be seen as a leader to them. Yeah. 
How do you think you model authenticity? Like you said, you listen to them, you care about them. What are some things that you do intentionally? Because you have this ADHD, right? And you're able to hyper-focus. So I think you're going to be able to create that. But what are things that maybe you intentionally do? Because that's probably not something you were like all the time, right? You've read books, you've honed in your traits to be able to do that. What are some of the things that, you know, maybe help you with that? uh, one thing I want to say about that is like you can't fake authenticity. No, it has to be real. Like, right. or else it's, it's not authentic. Right. Um, so w- what I've always believed in is not listening to societal norms on, honestly, like PC culture. Or um, you know, I think there's certain things that that should be, um, but for the most part, people are too afraid to say what they think or or how they feel, or they they hold things in because they're not they're afraid of how somebody is going to receive it. Right. But oftentimes that can hurt people and hurt relationships. If you don't tell somebody how do they can better themselves, I think you should do it in a tactful way right. and a helpful way, a place, you know, coming from a, a, the right, the right mindset or the right heart. Uh, but we need to be able to help each other out and, and point out to each other when, when there's things that, you know, they can be improving on. And I, and I think people are like, well, if, if, you know, you're, you don't have anything to, you know, you have things to work on yourself. So why do you have to, like, I believe that like you shouldn't point, you know, the, the Bible says that you, you don't pull the, the stick out of one person's eye when you have a log in your own, you right. know, um, I, I believe in that, but I also believe that we should help each other become better and, and coming from the place of, 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 of sincerity is yeah something you can't just fake and you got to have. Um, but I believe in, in being open with people right? is, is a big thing. So I have to brag on you too, because you live that. And I know you live that by the relationship that we have, right? You helped us buy our first real estate property. And then we actually went to someone else. And when you found out you went to someone else, you came right to me and you're like, all right, shoot me straight. Why? Yeah. And I told you, right? Like it was like, it wasn't a big deal, but it was like, you had a lot going on. You were really busy. And towards the end, we didn't get to hear from you or see you as much. And that, you know, that hurt a little bit. And you took that so to heart, yeah. I want to say, and like the relationship we built after the fact, I mean, think about how much more business we've done with you after that than right. before that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't like, I don't have it all figured out. Right. And if people go through my life and saying, I'm doing good and I'm doing great. And then behind closed doors, they're like, man, that John guy, he really sucks. And, right. and he, man, he really hurt me in this way. And I didn't know that. Like, how am I supposed to ever get better at that? Like, I've, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I know I've lost relationships over, over, over this exact thing. Whereas I've offended somebody or hurt somebody because they looked at it from their perspective or they, or, or, uh, you know, or maybe I was just a jerk. You know, I'm, I'm not perfect. And I've, I've, you know, I've, like, I've, I've definitely not done things the right way in right. all situations in my life. And, but I still love people and I care about people, especially, you know, a friend or, or, uh, you know, somebody that's close to me. I, I, if I didn't know how, what, how, what I did to hurt your feelings or, or, uh, you know, or did you wrong by or how I could improve myself, then, then I'll never change, right. you know? And I, again, I'm just so grateful for that because I mean, you actually helped me do something better because I saw how you changed based on that. And I forever became more transparent and and committed to keeping people more accountable because that was selfish of me not to share that information with you. I should have went straight to you. That really like, that really makes me feel good because that is like one of my big life goals is the more transparent and open I'm with people, 
I believe it yeah, helps them be yeah. op- more open and like every little, every person that I can help in, in being more open and maybe they can be more open with other people. And then it just branches out like a spider web, you know? I mean, I'm making this connection right now, but like that was 2017 when we had yeah, that conversation. No, I that. Yeah. And I was too busy. I, you I, got, were, you were too I, busy. I gained too many, too many clients. I, that's where right. I was like, I don't want to work with everybody. I need right. to just work with, with just Ken's. And, well, and, and you were working with yeah. us, but it was just like you were too busy and right. you were living a life, like you said, you don't, you know, live to work. You right. work to live. Oh, that right? was and another you, thing as right, well. You were, that time you were, period, I was you, having my you had kids. Some cool po- yeah, your kids, you had some cool poker things you were involved in. And I like, here's the thing, in that moment of us making that transition, like I was like 100% go John, right? We just wanted more energy. Right. But yeah, like, yeah. but I want to say like you doing that gave me the, the, the kick in the pants I needed to be because that wasn't fair to you. Right. Like, and I think people need to realize that with this word accountability, right? Like I think it's actually the right thing to call people on their thing sooner and early and often. Yeah. Right. Because I don't think we do enough of that in a supportive way. Right. Tact. Right. Use this word. It has to be tactful. You can't come across and be like, Hey, you screwed the pooch jerk. I'm never going to do a deal with you again. That's not going to work. Right. Right. We have to use this empathy. We have to use this self-awareness. We have to use like this understanding that people have stuff. And I think that more accepting culture, like you're talking about really leads into that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope I can change a small part of the world just through that one thing. Because I I think that is the thing that holds us back as a society more than anything else. Mm. I mean, and, 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 and really can hurt and hurts relationships and hurting relationships hurts the, 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 um, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, just us having this conversation, you know, like if, if, if we never had that conversation, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We wouldn't be bouncing ideas off each other. There could, I mean, the world can be absolutely changed because of a relationship that got mended right. because of a misunderstanding or somebody not understanding how they worked. And now you bring those two people back together and they just cured cancer. Right. Like, think about that. Like, right. you know, like things like that can, can have such an impact on people. Your well, relationships are the most important thing in life or one of the most important things in life. Well, and I think also, it is the most important thing. It is. Yeah. yeah. But I think. I think people understanding, right? Conversations, right? Yeah. Relationships, most yeah. current currency. Got to get that in there. But like, I mean, I think understanding too, people are complex and they're multifaceted and they're not this single thing. I think, you know, I yeah. think social media as all the great things that have come across social media and think about how many millionaires have been made by social media, right? And that right. platform and all that. But it's also created this thing where like, if you're this one thing or you think this certain way, you're this. Right, yeah. And we are so much more complex than that. And I think like that type of approach allows to really peel that back yeah. and really unpack that in a way that allows you to see people at their complexity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, you know, outside of even, even just the complexity of, of people is, is again, another thing we brought up before was the, that was perception. Perception creates a whole new world of complexity and, and, and understanding. So I always, I always reference a beach ball. So I, if you and me are looking at a beach ball, I'm tell me what colors you see. Right. I'm gonna tell you red, white, and green. You're gonna tell me yellow, blue, and orange. Right. We're looking at the same beach ball. Right. Just from a different angle. Right. And that adds a whole new, uh, 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 you know, a whole new dynamic to, to, to human relations and 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 who we are as people. Yeah. How have you honed in or been become you know exceedingly aware of your perception? Because you know I think there's always two words that we have to understand in this: perception and perspective, right? And I think people right. understand that their perception 
shifts their perspective, right? right? So Correct. understanding the angle which that you're coming from things sh- then allows you to see something in a different way. You can't control your perspective unless you understand your perception. Right. So how yeah. how have you honed in on that? Because that's a very self-aware thing that I find more people need to have, right? So I'd love to know like how you've developed that muscle because that's really important for people. I think that's kind of like a, a little bit of a superpower, I thought, uh, once I once I kind of discovered it. Right. Um, earlier in my years, especially in my early years of real estate, I I really kind of grew an ego. Um, like I'm a, I'm a badass, yeah, and young and like, dumb yeah, and kicking yeah, it and just, yeah, I'm, I'm crushing it. And it, it, it gave me this ego and it like, and I could see how much it turned out, turned, uh, people off to me. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, why is this happening? Or like, why do people react to me this way? Honestly, I mean, there, there was an internal ego, I think to some degree, but I would still tell people, no, I don't have an ego about things, but I did. Mm-hmm. And so I really had to self-reflect on like, what is going on with that? And why am I this way? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it was, I think my third, my second year in real estate and that I started to realize that and then started just personal, personally diving on who I am and how I'm coming across to other people. Because how I think of myself to you is so much different than the way you think of me about me. Right. And that's crazy. Every single person out there thinks that way. Right. Nobody has the same exact thought on how they are on who they are to somebody that looks at them. You could take two different people that know you through two different walks of life and you're a completely different person to both of them. Correct. And so like once I learned that, that just opened my eyes on like how I come across to people. And because of my ADHD, I need to really be acutely aware of this because there's a lot of things that I do because of these traits that offend people and hurt people and, and, and have honestly cost me some relationships that I wish I, that I want to mend and that I want to fix with people because they didn't understand where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I, I, I look at my ADHD as something that is a, both a blessing and a curse, Mm -hmm. but the curse has been certain personal relationships that I, that I've, that, that, you know, I didn't know I was affecting at the time. And right. the older I get, the more aware I'm, I am of this, the more self-aware I'm being, you know, just that wisdom that we get through, through being older. And, and I'm always continually trying to educate myself and trying to grow. That's one cool thing about ADHD is like, we always got to push forward on something. We always got to have uh, something that we're working towards. And so that's where there's the blessing, but obviously there's, um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that it hurts. Like, when you're out of sight, you're out of mind. I'll forget mm-hmm. about you. And people get hurt by that. Like John hasn't called me in a year. I'm like, I haven't seen a picture of you. Maybe I haven't seen you on social media. Like that's kind of why I still keep Facebook and Instagram and stuff is, is not so much because I like social media. I really hate it. Um, and I think it's damaging for a lot of people and a lot of young kids. Um, uh, but it helps me remind myself of, of people when I see their stories, when I see their, their pictures of their kids and stuff. And it it helps me feel a little bit more connected to them. And then it reminds me, Hey, I got to reach out to this person. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's so good. Okay. So you said there's two things I want to go to one thing specifically, because I think it was so spot on, but I could see someone hearing that and getting a little overwhelmed, right? Understand that each person has a different view of you. Right. How do you just like, how do you juggle the actual like weight of that? Right. Because I think what could maybe be a problem is how, and I think I know the answer, but I want, I want to know what your perspective is, is like, that's important. Okay. Every other person has a different perspective of you and that different 
you. Well, we, I can't control every person's perspective of that. So how do you juggle the weight of like, okay, there's these things that I want, I want to change it. I want to mend that relationship. Oh, I really want to stay connected to this person because of this. Like, how do you control all that? Because you can't control everyone's perspective. Oh no. Yeah, not at all. And I think the, a big piece is, is really not over analyzing it. Like you can absolutely, and especially me, um, have analysis paralysis on that and just, and, and overly dwell on every single interaction that you have. And so you can't, you can't ultimately like hyper-focus on that on every single person that you interact with. Uh, another big thing is, you know, really focusing your relationship growth on people that are, that, that are important to you because a lot of people have too many people that are not beneficial to their lives or not bringing them value in their lives. And they're, and they're spending too much time and attention on people that are bringing them down and not building them up. You know, in some ways, people, you, you could look at that from a selfish aspect. But honestly, the people that you're around and that you surround yourself with, with are the people that you become like. Right. And if you want to help other people become good and do better, then you need to surround yourself with people that are doing better and becoming better. And then that way you can become better and you can help other people. It's a snowball effect. 100% agree. I would go back to just to give you an easy answer in my opinion. Yeah. Is you said it before, what's one of the most important things that you be is authentic. Authentic, yeah. And when you're authentic, that's you. Right. And I think that also weeds weeds out people that are not authentic. Right, which and helps you that, eliminate yeah, that and circle. And helps you yeah, make that circle smaller. Absolutely. And that's yeah. Yeah, that's my ADHD is like right. I, the way our brains work is we work in, or at least I do. And I've, I've talked to a lot of my family that have ADHD and, and, and friends that I know have ADHD and we kind of work in compartments. Like right. everything in our brain is in compartments. So if I put that, that thought process in one compartment, I need to trigger to go back to it right. to be able to remember it. So yeah, absolutely. That's, right. that's, that's huge. Being authentic is, is, is something that can help that helps build relationships and weeds out the ones that are not important. Right. But I think understanding that that's a part of the process, I think, because yeah. I think sometimes people hold on to people that they need to let go. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just because of, because of, you know, the, the relationship that they've had over their life, you know, or the memories or the, you know, the, that friendship that is there, it's, it, even though it was harmful to, the, to them. You know, and so people stay in relationships just because, oh, well, we've already been together for so long. And, you know, and, and, uh, but that's not going to ever help your life in the long term, mm-hmm. you know? Nope. And so, I mean, it, it's unfortunate. I, 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 it, I think it sucks that you have to let people go in certain lives, areas of your life. And you're like, if everybody has to be around people that are better than them, then how are those people, why would those people even want to hang out with you? So it's kind of a hard, you know, like dynamic to, to have, um, you know, fully, but that's just the, I think just the mindset of that, of trying to surround yourself with people that are better than you, but not only better than you, but are trying to become better right. themselves. Right. You know? What are, you know, what are some things? Cause you know, you've said it a lot and I'd be curious to hear you say it, but like, what are some of like, if you were to say you have a self-improvement plan or you have a personal development plan, that's what I've always rephrased it to. You, you're intentional with this. What are some of like the cornerstones for you for that growth? One of the biggest things that I've been, that I've struggled with a lot in my later years is, is my health and fitness. Right. Um, your, your, your physical body is what feeds your brain and right. what your body is, and how your body feels and, uh, affects your brain so much and if you're not taking care of your body and uh, then you're not taking care of your brain and then you can't grow 
Mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean, I'm I'm not the 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 most fit guy in the world, um, but I'm working on that. You are. I'm I'm working on changing that and and getting back to where I used to be. And because when I was at my most fit was when I was at my most productive and my brain worked the best. Right. And so, so you know, health. What else? Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, health being you know a a huge piece to things, but also having goals, having having if you don't have goals, then you're just doing things just to do things. Right. So a target down range. Yeah, a right? target so you, down range. Yep. So, you, so your health, you got to have a target that you're aiming for. What else? Um, so uh, hmm, let's, you talk a lot about education. Yeah. Go back to education. Okay. Go back to education. Yeah, I feel absolutely. like that's a big part so, of it. Uh, ha- once you have goals, so goals without action is just dreams. Right. And, and, and a dream is just a dream. There's nothing that's going to happen with a dream. Right. And so once you have goals, you need to be able to create an action plan and, and something that you need to do with that. And uh, another thing on top of that is, is uh, why, why do you have those goals? What does it bring you at the end of the day? Yeah, the so one thing I've, I've, I've been big on in my life is having a vision board. Mm. Actually, it's, I think one of the biggest things that has helped me with my success early on in my life and actually throughout my life, but when I was deployed to Iraq... Um, I had, uh, it was a tough time Mm -hmm. and I had to think about like what can help get me through this time and what I had to look forward to. So I just started writing down things I wanted to accomplish and, and kind of goals I had in mind. And I kind of, and I I created this little book, uh, with like pictures from magazines on those exact things. I love it. Um, you know, so one was buying some sort of investment property. One was, uh, getting a certain dog, a car, a, you know, a, a, you know, a relationship that I wanted to start, you know, et cetera. And that was my vision board. And I didn't even know about vision boards and like what those can do for you. Uh, um, but I think that's a huge, huge thing is having, uh, you know, your, what you, what you're doing this for being a big focal point of your life. So yeah. I have a lot of pictures of my kids around me because that's, that's my, that that's it's everything. The biggest thing to me, absolutely. Being a father is the best title that I have in my life and the yeah. most important one. Nothing cooler than being called daddy. Oh yeah. Yeah. The coolest there's thing nothing in the more world. Important, and there's no better leadership position that you can have. Right. And just because I'm your father doesn't mean I'm your leader. And I've, I, 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 I'm, I need to earn that. Right. The you're, title doesn't make you. Five Levels of Leadership by yep. John C. Maxwell. Great yep. book. Definitely Absolutely. refer to it. But, I, you know, I want to say that because, you know, you have ADHD, but you have at multiple points talked about educating. You've talked about reading. So obviously that's an important, you know, part of what I you're doing. I hate reading too. Right. But you do it. Yeah. Why? I audible. <laughs> okay. Most of what I do is audible. I do read books on occasion because I know it's good for me. Right. I mean, like I hate eating vegetables. And before I really got into, uh, really got into going to the gym, I hated going to the gym all the time. Now I love going to the gym. Right. I look forward to going to the gym so much. Right. And I actually look forward to, I like eating healthy more too. Right. Because of what it's doing for me, yeah. and and so once I know that that this is that what I'm doing is is going to help better my life, and it and it's helping me reach that vision and that goal of my future, it becomes easier. Mm-hmm. And the more I repeat it, the better it becomes. I mean, I have to say, you know, you and I are both different ADHD for different reasons, but we, I definitely like everything I see in your actions, how you operate. There's so many similarities, right? Like that I feel, you know, from yeah. my, myself. And I mean, 25 years old, I hadn't read a single book in my life. I, yeah. I read two to three books a month, audible, yeah, actual books. Yeah. And it's because I am obsessed with the next person I can help with it. 
right? Because you yeah. talk about uh, yeah. leading a team, leading people, helping people, and that education pours into other people. I mean, I I'm selfishly get something from it, so I'm super happy. Right. But I also think like the people yeah. that you impact in it is that ripple, that spider web effect, like you right. talked about, and it just makes such an impact in so many people, and it becomes addictive. Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And it's a good addiction to have. Right, you know? right, right. There's good addictions. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong, oh, yeah. fitness, I was addicted yeah. to that for yep. the major part of my life. So I totally agree with that. No, I love I love those principles. I love those focuses. I, I agree with those all, you know, completely. Yeah. And and like, it's it's easy to live a lazy life. Right. And a lot of people choose that. A lot of people choose the easiest way to do things is to not work out, to not go to the gym, to not make more money, to not do things because, because it's easy. And it, and it makes you feel good in the moment, in the short-term yeah. moment. Like I like laying on my couch and just not doing anything for yeah. a little bit. You know what? I'd push back on that though. Yeah. Here's a different perspective. Perspective. Sure. I believe no matter what we choose to do in life, it's hard. You have to choose your hard, right? Yeah. So I think, yeah, you're right. It's easy to not go to the gym, but it's hard to get out of shape, have weak joints, get injuries, be unhealthy, get sick all the time. It's also hard to go to the gym and eat clean and exercise and sweat and get out of bed early because that's the only time you can do it. And so I believe you choose your heart. Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. And so I get what you're saying in the moment. It's easy. But I mean, I think that's most things in life, right? Like the easy thing now is the hard thing later. Right. Right. Versus the hard thing now. Yeah. creates the easy thing later. And I'm sure someone a lot smarter and probably a lot more popular said that before me, but I believe True. that to be absolutely a pivotal part of success Yeah, for whoever it is. Yeah. And, we'll pretend you just came up with it. And then, yeah, <laughs> but but you agree you though, don't yeah. you, right? Oh, like, I mean, a, a, a million percent. And, and, that, and our, I think we're trying to make the same exact point there is in the short term, it's easier, but the long term is is hard, a harder life. Absolutely, I mean, you're, you're being overweight, uh, you know, being unhealthy, being you know, drinking all the time, and having those hangovers. Hangovers suck. That's hard. Right. That's a hard way to live. Right. And living in poverty and living between, below your means that's harder than than having uh, you know to not have to worry about paying for groceries or filling up my gas tank. Right. Uh, those are things I don't worry about. Right. But it's also hard to run a business, right? It's hard to run a business and be (laughs) stressful. Am I going to make payroll? Am I going to sell enough, you know, to be able to float the expenses? I got these big bills. That's also hard, right? But they're both hard. Yeah. And so I want like, just like mental health, I want to, I think words really matter. Like the words we choose matter. And I think when people hear the word hard, they associate a negative context. Sure. And I would love to change that, right? Like I think hard is a great thing. That was a hard workout. Gosh, that was amazing, right? That was like a hard endeavor to do. That was a hard, you know, rental to yeah. flip, whatever it is. But we start to reward ourselves with the mindset that that's a positive thing, not a negative thing. Oh, absolutely. You need to be able to associate. That's why having those goals, the vision yep. boards, those are, those are, 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 are end result. Those are the results of your labor. And uh, for a lot of people, when you're in it, when you're, when you're starting to build that habit, they don't. They, you don't think about that all the time. And and it's easy to just give up on that thing after a short period of time because you don't see the long-term gains that you're going to get out of it. Right. Life becomes easier when you become more successful, when you, when you build better relationships, when you reach your goals, life becomes easier. So that hard now makes the the bigger part of life the long-term part of life much easier. And so if you look at it from a from you know a, a thousand foot view, the hard stuff in the short term is so much easier than the short than the than the easy stuff in the long term. 
Mm-hmm. You know? Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. All right. So we're getting close to time. I want to, a couple last things and then we can, uh, we can wrap this one up. This has been incredible. Um, favorite quote. Favorite quote. Um, so another, uh, one of the big things about, uh, uh, like I've said about AAHE is having those compartments. So right. um, putting me on the spot with that is, 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 uh, um, let's right. think about that for a so second. So think about yeah. that. Yeah. The next thing yeah. I want to know is, you know, um, if you could go back, you know, into a future self and maybe not even be a future self and go to an 18 year old, 19 year old, you, 20 year old, do you, and give you the wisdom that you have now, what would be the one thing that you would just like cast vision for now to speed up the effect of where you got today? I think the biggest thing would be really, really understanding how important those, uh, the long-term goals and, and, and vision for your future is to stay on track and to not get, cause I, there's a lot of times in my life where I've, and, and, and honestly actually habit building. So habit building is probably the foundational piece mm-hmm. is, when you, everything you do every single day paints a picture of who you want to be and who right. you are and, and what your future is going to look like. And so I, I, there's been a lot of times where I've lost that vision and lost that, that sense of touch of like, okay, well, I could push this off tomorrow or I could do this tomorrow. And I struggle with that. Even today I struggle with that. But it's something I'm learning and, and applying to my life more and more is, is, is understanding that the little things I'm doing today have a huge long-term big effect that are it's the snowball effect that every little every every little piece of sand i'm adding to my pile it's going to become a it's going to become a beach someday right well it's so it's a compound effect right or you know you know not a lot of people understand the value of compound effect i always use the example story right like if you were to take a plane and fly it from new york to seattle and if it were a degree off just one degree i mean how many people could be a one degree off and be like no no big deal yeah you land in Portland, right? Which is oh. like three hours from your destination. Yeah. That yeah. is so far off course mm-hmm. on one degree, yeah. right? So understanding that little bit mm. stacked up over time creates a huge benefit. The other great example is, is like, would you rather have a million dollars today? Right now, I'll give you a million dollars or over 30 days, I'll give you a penny that doubles. What would you rather have? I mean, without doing the math, of course, it's the million dollars, right? Right. But yeah. a penny that doubles comes to $5 million. $5 million at the end of 30 days. Is Correct. At, Just at, if it doubles. And and because people don't see the the long-term the long-term effect of right. what that does, a right. compound effect. Yeah. yeah. Compound interest. Yeah. Best thing in the world. Yep. Did you think of a quote? <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to when we're when we're when we're talking uh, about this. But I mean, one of the best ones I think uh, is you know Wayne Gretzky's "You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take." Mm-hmm. I would, that's one thing that even though everybody knows that quote, it's it, if you really think about like if you just live life without not taking uh, uh, with not posting self doubt on yourself and not thinking that something's not possible, you can achieve much greater success in your life. Like I'm not smarter than most people. I, I mean, there's a lot of things in my life that I'm not better at other people at yet. I found more success than 99% of most people in most areas that people would deem success, financial and, and, and family and time freedom. freedom. Yeah. And, and so the reason for that was because I was not afraid to 
not think of uh, to put limits on my on my potential on what I can and cannot do. And so by take I, I take every single shot that I think is going to help me in be bettering my life or hit, having me help hit a goal. So that's that's that one for now. That's if good. I come back on here, I'll probably have a, you know a, a, one of my better ones. So. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I mean, I think you know I, I have this conversation often with people as I believe that the people in in this world, the people that are running this world, either in business or you know whatever, they have a situation that's in front of them and they're just, they say, all right, let's go. We'll figure it out. They don't say like, okay, let's sit and make a really perfect plan. You know, before we get going into this, they don't, yeah. they're yeah. like, let's just go figure it out. Yeah. Right. You know, they have the gene. I love this. Right. They have the, in their DNA is like, how hard could that be? Right. You know, a lot of people look yeah. at something and you're like, oh my gosh, that's going to be so hard. Way too hard. Right. That's way too hard. And then they start to stack up all the reasons why they shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I just think the movers and shakers in this world are like, how hard could it be? And honestly, sometimes ignorance is bliss. Right. And ign- ignorance can help in in not knowing what you can't do. Right. But like, once you get into yeah, it, yeah. you got to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, action beats, uh, you know, ideas. Right. Actions without ideas are just are just dreams. Right. That's one of my fa- more favorite quotes. Is say it again. Uh, action actions without or uh, dr- um, goals without actions are just dreams. Right. I love that. So good. Yeah. So well, I don't even know where I heard that, but yeah, that might be my favorite quote, I guess. It's <laughs> good. Yeah. It's good. So, I mean, obviously thank you so much for coming on here. This, this is was fantastic. Killer. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. I can only guarantee once this post that we're going to have to come on and I know that there's so many more things that we can talk about. And so yeah. I am forever grateful for your wisdom yeah. and this experience. And I cannot wait to see you on this thing again. I can't tell you. Dude, thanks for having me on. And honestly, like I just feel like our friendship just grew a little bit more just from this conversation. Doug. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. Thanks. Thanks.